Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Today we're going to talk about the power and meaning of God's name in our lives as we look at the third of the Ten Commandments. This commandment teaches us to honor the name of the Lord. Here in Exodus chapter 20 verse 7, the third commandment reads, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The King James Version says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, to misuse it. And we're going to talk about what that means and the importance of God's name in our lives. So let's start with the meaning of God's name. You know, names are very important. My name has a certain meaning, as I'm sure yours does as well. When Barbie and I had David, Paul, and Charles, I actually named both of them. She had a book of names for David, Paul, was going through all these kind of names. And I said, well, I want to name him after me, David, and then I also named him after my best friend who had passed away, Paul. I said, his name has meaning. He's named after his father and his friend. And Charlesy is my middle name. And Barbie said we could call her Charlesy as long as we didn't call her Charlie. But, of course, we ended up calling her Charlie anyway. Charles, Charlesy. I wanted her to have my name so that she could never think she didn't get the same thing David Paul got. And Lynn is Barbie's middle name. And Barbie actually allowed me, after talking about it, to pick those names. And so the names have meaning. And I'm always intrigued when I meet people with their names, especially when I do a book signing and I hear people's names and I sometimes ask them where the name came from. Well, God's name has meaning. The name of the Lord is very important in Scripture. And when something has meaning, it means more to us. So we don't take the name of the Lord our God in vain. We don't misuse his name because we know what it means and it has meaning and value to us. So what does the name of God represent? We read so much in the Bible about honoring the name of the Lord, singing to the name of the Lord, praising the name of the Lord. Well, a name reveals a person. So the name of God reveals all that God is. And there were times when God even gave different names in an experience of someone to reveal something aspect of his nature. So the meaning of the name of God reveals God himself, and it begins in Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that is the the root name of God, Elohim in Hebrew. From El, God, Elohim means the creator, the God who gives life to all things. Elohim, the first name of God in Scripture. And then in Genesis 2, we see that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. And there Moses uses the word Lord Yahweh or Jehovah and Elohim God. So the name of God reveals who God is, his love, his faithfulness, his mercy, his character. And that's why the names of God are important in Scripture. Second of all, the name of God confirms his promises to us. When Moses met with God at the burning bush in Exodus, the third chapter, and the Lord called him to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go, Moses didn't want to go. And this was one of his excuses. He didn't know who he was going to represent. And he said, well, when the people ask me who sent me, whom shall I 
say, send me. And God said to him in Exodus 3, verse 14 and 15, I am that I am. Well, in Hebrew, that is the root word of the word Yahweh, sometimes pronounced Jehovah, the great covenant name of God. And so there the name Jehovah, which is really the covenant name of God, appears 6,800 times in the Old Testament, the predominant name of God, the personal name of God, the God who is faithful to his promises. So the name of God confirms his promises to us, and it also documents his faithfulness. There are a few times when people actually ascribed a name to God. The great story of Abraham taking Isaac to Mount Moriah, and there the Lord miraculously provided the ram and the thicket as an offering of atonement, which was a type of Jesus taking our place, like the ram took Isaac's place in the story. And so the Bible says in Genesis 22 and 14 that Abraham named that place Jehovah-Jireh. On the mountain of the Lord, it has been provided. So there, Abraham gives God a name, the name of provision, because he's documenting what God did for him when God tested his faith that day. And God proved himself faithful to his promise to Abraham that he was going to give him a son. And through that son, a great nation would come. And through that nation, the Messiah would come and all nations would be blessed. And so there, the name Jehovah Jireh is a testimony of God's faithfulness. And he was documenting what God did for him that day on that very mountain. And today, we still honor the name Jehovah Jireh and say, the Lord is my provider. So the commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God in vain, is based on us understanding the meaning of God's name. The name of God reveals who he is, his character, his nature. The name of the Lord reminds us of his promises to us. The name of the Lord are ways that we testify to what God has done for us throughout our lives. We talk about how God blessed me in the past and how God answered prayer, and we look back at the past, and we we really can't even define our past without the name of the Lord because we see God working in our lives answering prayer, leading us, guiding us. But now we come to the misuse because the commandment says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Now, the Israelites, when they got the Ten Commandments, were on their way out of the desert to the promised land, but the promised land was surrounded by nations of idol worshipers. So this says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord, one God, the Lord, because these other nations were building idols and had many lords and many false gods. So what does it mean to misuse God's name? Well, the word, and it's used this way in King James, you shall not take it in vain. And the Hebrew word means to be empty, to strip something of its value, to treat it as though it's unimportant, to rob the name of God of its value and importance and sacredness. Now, when people use God's name in profanity, which is the worst type of profanity, the word profanity means profane. What comes in its root, it means in front of a temple. In other words, it's the type of word you wouldn't say if you were in a temple or a sanctuary. Profanity. But when people use God's name just in profanity is the worst example of misusing. And why would people do that? Because it doesn't mean anything to them. It has no value to them. And that's why they can use it in such a flippant manner, because they have no value for the name of God. 
And that's what leads to that type of misuse of the name of the Lord. But we could misuse it in other ways and treat it like it had no value. We could claim to know him and then completely disobey everything he says and act as though the name had no value. And so to misuse the name of the Lord, our God, is to treat it with no sense of value and dignity and reverence. It also means to misrepresent God's name. Or we might use God's name for our personal advancement, like false prophets do. You know, we read so much about these false prophets and ministers, and we've all seen charlatans that take advantage of people for wealth, for prominence, for power, for attention. Jesus talked about this when he talked about these false prophets in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, and then verse 21 through 24, when he said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. And then he describes how these false prophets mislead people spiritually by misusing God's name. And they say, well, God told me this. And I'm doing this in the name of the Lord. But they're really doing it for their own gain. So in verse 22 through 24, Matthew 7, he says, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name cast out demons. And in your name done many wonderful works. But Jesus said, I will profess to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. So there are these people are claiming to do miracles and have prophetic messages, but they're doing it in the name of the Lord, but they're not really representing him. They're not representing the gospel. They're not representing God's love for humanity. They're doing it to get rich. They're doing it to get popularity. They're doing it to feel important. So There we see that misusing the name of the Lord is not just treating it as though it has no value, but some people will misuse and manipulate the name of God for their own advantage. A third way that we misuse the name of the Lord is to dismiss God's existence altogether. Or we forget God. God's name has no place in our lives. We should honor the name of the Lord. We should speak the name of the Lord. We should praise the name of the Lord. But when we have no place of God in our lives, we don't speak his name. We don't even mention his name. In Psalm 10, verse 4, it says that there are those in their pride who have no place for God in their thoughts. Think of that, that God never even crosses their mind. They've completely dismissed him. There's no place for God's name. And even when Jeremiah the prophet confronted the people when they were beginning to worship idols and turn away from the Lord, he brought the word of the Lord when God said to them in Jeremiah 2, verse 32, Can a maiden forget her jewelry or a bride her wedding ornaments? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. At the time, God's people no longer praying in his name, seeking his name, honoring his name, forgetting about God. And some even going so far as to worship false gods. So that's what it means to misuse the name of the Lord our God. It can be misused in many ways, as we see. People can have no value of the name or manipulate the name for their own advancement or just completely ignore the name of God and the presence of God and the blessings of God altogether. But let's talk second of all about the majesty of God's name, how important it is to praise his name. The psalmist said in Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name. What he means by that is extol all the wonders of God, his love and his faithfulness and his truth and his justice that are embodied in the expression 
of his name. So we honor the name of the Lord. And that's the way, way to look at this commandment is not just not to misuse it, but the opposite of misusing it is to honor his name. And that starts with praising his name. And then the Bible says we should value his name. Now, we've seen the problem of misusing it when people have no value. We should value the name of God and the name that he's given to us and his son that is above every name, the name of Jesus, the son of God. You see, the Bible says we are called by his name. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, God says that my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. And perhaps your family name is a name that means a lot to you and you're proud of your parents or your grandparents or you're proud of your family history. Well, in the same way that we are children of God, that we value the name of God, Romans 8 and 15 says there were sons and daughters of God, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ Jesus. We value the name Christian because we're called by the name of Jesus. Third of all, we proclaim his name. Jesus told us in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 48, he said that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. And we go as Christians to carry the name of Jesus to the world because the name Jesus means Savior. Matthew 1 and 21 says, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the worship songs that we sing often extol the name of God, the names of God, and even the highest name, the name of Jesus. So we can honor the Lord by praising his name, valuing his name because we're named after him. We proclaim his name to others that there's salvation in the name of the Lord. And we exalt the name, his name, the name Jesus, the Son of God. You see, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, therefore God has given him, Jesus, the name that is above every name. Think of that. God gave his son the name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's why we go as Christians into the world and telling them about the saving grace of God in Jesus, that they too may in every nation, in heaven and on earth, know Jesus and proclaim and exalt his name together. So we've learned here about not misusing the name of the Lord, and now we're learning how to see the majesty of his name. Many years ago, there was a missionary named Greenfield, and he went down into the heart of Africa, and he preached the gospel and met people that had never known of the Lord and spent some time there in, in a remote area of just a village. And then he had to leave and go back home. And later he returned, and he wondered if the gospel really took root he wondered if revival had happened. He wondered how far the, the gospel may have spread from that handful of believers that had heard him preach and given their hearts to Jesus. And he was going down the Congo River on a boat. And he was getting near the place where he had done the missionary work and had met people and learned their language and culture and shared Jesus with them. And they had put their faith in him. And he wondered what happened. And as he was coming down the river in the boat, he heard the most amazing sound in their native language. They were singing the Christian hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Let angels prostrate fall. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the psalmist said. Those who run to it are saved. And today this sacred commandment reminds us that we are called by the name of the Lord. 
We belong to him. We are his sons and daughters. We honor his name. We praise his name. Throughout the day, we think about the name of the Lord and how he has blessed us. And we share the name of the Lord and the name of Jesus with others that they too may know him, have life and life more abundantly. Let's join together in prayer. Lord, we thank you today that we are called by your name. We belong to you. And Lord, today we pause to praise your name because you are faithful and kind and loving toward us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within thee. Bless his holy name. I've enjoyed our time in the word. Make sure you invite your family and friends to subscribe to my podcast and to listen to Dig Deep and watch Dig Deep. And you can listen driving, you can watch it and study the Word of God. It's a great way to bring others into an experience of growing spiritually by hearing the Word of God. And I hope that you'll get the copy of my book, 10, Guidelines to Greatness. This is a book on the Ten Commandments, and it applies it to so many real-life issues that we're dealing with today. And the content in the book is different than what I'm sharing in these particular teachings. So you'll get a whole new angle and even a far greater look at the meaning and application of the Ten Commandments. So get your copy today. Sunday's coming. I'm looking forward to seeing you in worship this Sunday on campus or online. Make sure you invite somebody to share the great Mount Perrin worship experience with you this Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for your faithfulness in the Word. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.